This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, the Black Dahlia Murder will release their new album, Verminous, via Metal Blade Records. Verminous is the band's most dynamic, rousing, and emotional release to date and achieves this without compromising one iota of heaviness. Purchase your copy now of the Black Dahlia Murders Verminous. Metalblade.com slash TBDM. Once again, Metalblade.com slash TBDM. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by uh, the very diseased-free Brandon Hahn. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. Jinx, and? I thought you were going to stop at diseased. Mm. Diseased. Mm. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm Sylvia. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's the Sylvia. And make sure you guys are following our other co-host, Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, great interview. Always a, a fantastic chat with Jamie Josta from Hatebreed. We are here to celebrate the Josta show his podcast hit 500 episodes earlier this year. It's, it's going strong. He puts them out so fast. But you guys, make sure if you haven't subscribed, there is some gold on this podcast. GasDigitalNetwork.com. Make sure you guys are checking that out. If not, as we talk about the interview, the first 15 episodes are free and are up on any uh, streaming platforms for podcasting. But we got some fan mail, guys. So let's jump into that real quick. Unleash the fan mail. Ha, 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 ha. Is that the first time you heard the sound of Sylvia? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't like she it. She was like, what? <laughs> she didn't like it. Just this look of confusion. Because I'm imagining you and like, I don't know, bats for some reason. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. It makes sense. It's black and white. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. You it, are very perceptive. It's a Tim Burton sounder, if we may. Yeah. I was yeah. going for that Ed Wood look. Mm-hmm. So as you guys have been, uh, all, all you guys have been listening, we've been putting out news jingles before we do the news, the Metal Sucks news. And we challenged the audience, uh, I want to say a week ago, or I think two weeks ago. I can't remember if you guys can do a news jingle and send it in. And sure enough, we got one. And this is from a band called the Static Bats. So let's hear their news jingle. You guys tell us what you think. Go. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Way better than me. See, remember when I told you I was doing those other songs because I have no musical talent? Yes. That that just proves that metal is harder than any other thing. I got to tell you. So fantastic job. Static Backs. Make sure you guys are checking them out. That is our new sounder. So um, we got a couple more emails as well that I did want to touch base on. One was a correction, if I may. Okay. From last week. Last Uh week when we were talking, um, we got into wrestling and I said something about Draws, the wrestler, dying. I was wrong. You he fucked is up. Alive. Why, did you, why did you kill him? 
I, I didn't ki- I, I killed him verbally. Well, but verbally killed. Why did you do that? Because what ended up happening, apparently he got paralyzed in the ring. Oh, mm-hmm. no. And I thought he passed away. But no, he yeah, he, he got paralyzed in the ring is what happened. So wow. I want to apologize. That's still unfortunate. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a Pete, sad story, and I guess I took it to the next level. Pete wow. getting yeah. things wrong. Is Prematurely he, killed him. But, CNN, more like PNN, oh, getting wow. everything wrong, <laughs> CNN? spreading lies. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. See, you, what you just did is saying, we, we, how about we just say the news? Don't pick one okay, specific the news. No, because right PNN is funny. PNN is I like funny. Yeah, really yeah, it can't funny. be like, I can't be like Pox News, no, you're you know right. what I mean? No. Or PSNBC. It doesn't. No, it <laughs> like has to PSNBC. be. PSNBC. <laughs> Actually, that does make sense. Because like it's Pete Spajic, NBC. Okay, like so PSNBC. All right. Um, so, anyways. So spit out more of your lies. So uh, that was one email. We just want to thank the static backs one more time. I was wrong about draws. And then it goes on to say in that in the, a couple episodes ago, guys, I said, when we get the green light, I am itching. I will run to the first concert I can go. I don't give a shit who it is. You know, we're out here in Las Vegas. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's uh, local even if, bands. Even if, if it was the National Breathe On Me Fest. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when his jokes miss, I usually walk. What are you past talking about? Them, she laughed. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, so in his face. she so, laughed at my face, bro. Your joke was crap. No, no, um, it wasn't. You're crap. PSNBC, go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, I did get a gentleman write in, be like, um, and uh, the bad thing is, I deleted the email, so uh-huh. I, I don't want to. I had his name and everything. He wrote it pretty well, but the the juxt of it all was that he was saying like the fact that you're willing to go to concerts and be the first person to do that shows that you're not really taking this seriously. And I'm like, well, that's not the case. I'm waiting for a green light when things are open, and I want to do that. Um, and so we're going back and forth, and he was pretty much, he said he was 28, and he's like, dude, I, I, it's doubtful I will ever go to a metal show and be sweaty with other dudes and people in the same room. It's all good to each their own, but I realized that there's, there's probably a decent amount of people that will never return to the this, live concert venue. I think all of this is going to have people become agoraphob- agoraphobic or just like super just like scared of touching anything or anyone. Like I think there's going to be a lot of phobias after this. There is going to be a lot of phobias. I think I think a lot of live events are going to take a hit. So it's probably going to be, uh, for the people that want to go, they're going to have to like lower ticket prices or something mm-hmm. because I, mm. th- I, can see, I can see things like that happening to get more people mm. out because I'm not saying that the lower ticket prices are going to get people to go, oh, fuck, fuck the disease, you know, fuck the virus. They're, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is like the people that do want to go, it's going to entice them. That's what I'm getting at. And and my thing is is eventually though and 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 again I'm not I'm not trying to slam the dude for for the email but eventually mm-hmm. though you do have to make a decision. You know, do you live your life as agoraphobe, mm-hmm. you know, and not really leaving the house and mm-hmm. not not really experiencing the things that you used to love or you know, or do you just take your chances? And it, it's just a different mindset. And I wrote that to him. I go, well, I think the mindset I have is I'm doing everything correctly. We're practicing social distancing. I got the masks. I'm doing all mm-hmm. this stuff so we can get back to life as fast as possible. That's why, that's my mindset is that we're coming back to life, right? And I think the mindset that this gentleman has when he wrote me back was like, well, no, that's not it. There never will be life the way it was. And I'm like, okay, well... It's cool. And so, go ahead. I, I agree. It's going to be a new normal, but I mean, mm-hmm. you still have to take your precautions. You know, you're not going to be sweating, like like you said in the email, you're not going to be sweating with other guys. Like, there's going to be new, you know, cautions about it. My, my thing is, is, is if you're going to do Guys that, and girls in the mosh pit. Gr- yeah, exactly. Sure. Yes. We, the, the mosh pit is very universal, you know, it's unisex, universal. you know. Yeah. So come on. Oh, let's not just on say me. sweaty right. dudes. What about sweaty, stinky chicks, too? Don't mm-hmm. forget don't about stink. them. Yeah. Oh, God. You. 
damn, you do sometimes. <laughs> but I think it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> just smell the wrong yeah. Hey, man, whatever, dude. It's stressful. Hey, we're, we're, we're practicing social distancing right now. And I mean, it's like, thank God, because whew, she probably smelled. But, uh, but, uh, but all I'm saying is, though, is, is eventually you're going to see more of this. And I think once the numbers start to die down and once it starts to flatten, mm-hmm. uh, I think the people that are hyper aware of what's going on right now, like, you know, that are a little bit worried, like, like the guy who emailed us, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that guy's going to be faced with a situation where he's like, look, what's really that different? There's more people wearing masks than ever before. We're talking about a year, year and a half from now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what's your life? How different is your life going to be from maybe a couple of months ago. Yeah, you're going to see more people wearing masks. You're going to see more, more of that social distancing. But I think eventually it's just going to go back to like, let's hurry up and pump, get these people in and get them the fuck out. Because yeah. eventually it's all about making, eventually it's all about making money. Are that's, you going to go out to like the first concert when everything kind of If the Raiders state, we're, we're in Las Vegas, as everybody knows, if the Raiders yeah. stadium opens and it's like, hey, they're going to let people come to the stadium, you're not going to be like excited to go to that uh, event? I would be wearing a mask and gloves. Okay. You know, I mean, and that's, that's my thing. I think that with, I'm not opposed to that. I just don't. I just want. And if again, if we got a green light, I want to go to the. And to his, and to his credit <laughs> well, for too. Sure, yeah. And the thing is, always, and to his credit too. Yeah. I mean, at a metal show, I mean, does it get any sweatier and slipperier and stinkier than a than what a metal mosh pit? A yeah. packed show is pretty intense. Yeah. It's any concert, anyway. Any concert. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and I, so, so, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of people jumping around, raising their hands, they're sweating, they're stinking, they're breathing all over you. Uh, I understand what he's saying, but a situation like a football game. You know, again, it, it still comes with risk, but I think in a situation like a concert, there's more risk because you mm-hmm. are literally touching, rubbing up next to everybody. Yeah. Football for, is going to be played in the fall. It's going to be fl- played in the uh, winter, so everybody's going to have at least a jacket. They might have a jacket on, might have a shirt on, or, or a long sleeve shirt, something of that nature. And metal pits, it's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm one of those guys, and I always, I mean, you guys know me at this point, but I just kind of live in the present. And it's like when I get the green light and everything's kind of like okay, I think that my guard goes down pretty fast. I'm not saying that's a smart way to go, but I'm saying my guard does go down. I'd be like, okay, so. Everything's all right. I can start living my life. Let's roll with it. Yeah. He just does me. whatever the government wants him to do. Well, no, I, just, I think I, I would. <laughs> I think I would wait a couple of concerts yeah, like see? down the line. It depends. Down who's coming. the line. It depends who's coming. Depends who's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Again, hey, well, I'm gonna stop and be like, is it worth I'm the just, risk? I'm just saying, like the other day, I was pulling weeds and I, I got like scratches all up and down my forearms. I was like, oh, that's itchy. And my wife's like, look, you got to look at what the gardeners are wearing. They're always wearing long sleeve shirts. That's gonna be us at metal shows you know what i mean just wear a yeah just well, wear, it's, it's wear, all wear an auto mechanic onesie and a mask and get in the fucking pit and the crazy part about all this is that not only is this going in our email chain of, of back and forth of you know people attacking me that i'm, I'm being kind of whatever was it an attack or was it just kind of a, a criticism it was it was a criticism it was not attack you are right that word is is too heavy for what me and this dude went back and forth on so anyways the point is though is that my kids my, my boys dio Patton, mm-hmm. Briscoe County, yeah. they are on the opposite side of the fence. They're arguing about this constantly. And they're only four and zero years old. Yeah, that's four and zero. And the, and the crazy thing, though, okay, is that if, for people that don't know, um, my kids, you know, they're, they're hip-hop stars. If you yeah. guys okay. haven't heard, if you haven't heard, let's play an old track that we uh, we had these kids uh, rap on before. Let's let's play that track real quick. Let's run amok, about to rob this armored truck. Don't know how to give a fuck. D.R.M. Briscoe. Go ahead and hide your hose from the biggest, baddest bros. That's the way the story goes. D.R.M. Briscoe. All they do is run amok, about to rob this armored truck. Don't know how to give a fuck. 
Yeah. And that's and that's Pets. the boys. They yeah, they're they're pretty they're and, pretty hardcore. And it's funny because Savage. like, it, and the thing is, though, is like if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because Pete is such a metalhead. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of these metal parents that were growing up, and they're like, my parents are so lame. They want to listen to their Emerson Lake and Palmer and bleh, you know. And then then they grow up, and then now their kids are listening to music mm-hmm. that they hate. Mm. Mm-hmm. This and, is a phase for them. I, who, are you, are you about sure that. about it? It's 100%. been a phase. It's been a phase for one hundred percent of Dio's life. So he's. <laughs> I think he's. I think this is it. So I told those guys, I'm like, we're not arguing about this. All right, you guys are gonna go email no. Uncle Gooch. Gooch is gonna put a beat behind it, and we're gonna have a battle rap about your opposing views on this coronavirus. So Brandon threw a beat down. Yeah, Briscoe oh, is. Uh, Briscoe's all about like open this shit up. Yeah, Briscoe. Okay. Briscoe's for it. He wants to. He wants to get on the playground, man. Yeah. And Dio's just like, bro, no, that's right. You can't handle this. I don't want to die. So we'll just get to it. Here, okay. here let's here's, go. Here's, here, here's my kids. Those are wow. solid points on both ends. Man, I gotta tell you, I don't I, like like I I'm glad they went to the to the lab, and I'm glad mm-hmm. they put together their their voices, but their extreme versions on each side. I, I, I want them to come to the middle ground, like Papa. Well, how can? But you are definitely not in the middle ground. You just said first concert <laughs> that opens up, I'm running to the show. Oh shit, that to me is the middle ground. That is not no. When I, when I get the green light, no, he's, he's staying safe. I'm staying safe, safe and I'm practicing. When then, I get the yeah. green light, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to life as normal. That's me. I'm not gonna be as precautious. But that's not the middle ground. I think the middle ground is more like I'm listening. I think the middle ground is this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That was a good middle ground, wasn't it? That you didn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, is there like... That, that was your point? That was my point. Oh, it's like... It's like here, uh, here, here's more po- point. Poetry. Here's more point. Okay. Good. Okay. All right, so... That oh, shit was shit. deep. He's saying that silence... That is shit was somehow deep. Silence is golden. ...the middle ground, and... That is that deep. Is, that is That's too super wow. deep. That's too that, deep. Wow, my, my soul. It's mm. very Oof. deep. So, in essence, <laughs> what Brandon is, is saying is, is if you shut the fuck up and just walk around, 
So say you shut the fuck up and not wear a mask or wear gloves. That's the middle ground? Uh, if you shut the fuck up and not wear a mask and gloves. Um, and, and, and again, like my, my thing is, those, here's the problem. Uh. If you don't, shutting the fuck up is the best course of action because when you're saying something else, the other people are going to take what you say and multiply it times a billion and they're going to take it as an attack, just like what we were talking about. There's mm. criticisms and there's an attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't like I didn't like Dio saying that Briscoe had Trump's dick in his mouth. No, that I, bothered me. As a, a father, bit. as a father, you don't want to. I hear mean, that. when Uncle Gooch, when Uncle <laughs> like, Gooch stepped down. up, yeah. when Uncle Brandon stepped up, I was like, guys, look, you you can't be, you know, your dad's going to hear this, and maybe even your mom. Oh, and, she, she heard it. Yeah, and 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 Dio was just like, fuck, what? Yeah, he, he, I'm an artist. Did he yeah. tell you to shut the fuck He's, up? He said, he said, sh- tell those bitches to shut up no, and pay the rent. Shut up. As oh, no, a matter no. of fact, no. okay. he gave, he, we, we sipped on some Hennessy. He oh, came, shit. <laughs> he came back with some, some middle ground. Yeah, exactly. Silence. He gave me some of that scissor. He just, he just looked down. Like, when he disapp- when, when, hey, you got to understand, both those guys, when they disappoint me, it's like, it's like their world is shattered. It's great. Eventually, they're going to say, shut the fuck up, Dad. But right now? Oh, God, right I can't now? wait. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, here's the thing. Pete is insanely, insanely, insanely positive. He's like the most positive parent ever, right? Everything is great. <laughs> when they Everything's get into wonder- their teenage years. Yes, yes. So this is my thing, right? So Pete is insanely like, there is every parent that I know, oh, every parent that I know, and uh, they all love their kids, and they're all great parents. But what I'm saying is, is like, Every parent that I know has a moment where there's like these fucking kids. And I've seen the look in Pete's eye where he's like these fucking kids. But what comes out is, I love my boys. (laughs) He's just very like, I can see it. I can see it just killing him. So now I cannot wait. I can't wait till the teenage years because that's when all the fun stories start to happen. That's when, that's what I'm saying. That's when all the fun stories start to happen. When they start making decisions on their own. I still dress like a teenager. I still wear metal band shirts you, you know, do even though i do pro- too i'm a professional uh when are you it comes saying to you're it. a cool dad i'm not saying i'm a cool dad what i'm trying to say is that they're gonna feel so sorry for me because i'm still like stuck in my my old uh you know teenage years that yeah. they'll be like you know what i'll hang out with dad on occasion you know i don't right yeah pete's wearing a blink 182 t-shirt no right i'm now. not <laughs> well, out of all the times he gets upset he gets he has no problem with me saying Listen, i'm drinking hennessy so with many... his with his zero year old son okay he has no problem with me saying i'm drinking hennessy with his baby boy but a second i say blink 182 oh fucking shut up he's at shut up he just turned eight months okay we can go with that we can okay. go with that so i mean we, i mean zero year old son just sounds bad it doesn't sound yeah, bad I guess it means well i mean yeah he's technically still, he's technically zero I, you know, yeah, it's but just eight months true. makes more sense. But you know what? The rap, I think more people got to do that. If you guys want to argue, just come come together, make make a song together where you're yelling at each other in that faction. Because I'll tell you right now, that rap right there, it it. Uh, well, here's the thing. What I wanted to do with that rap mm-hmm. is have the Metal Sucks audience be so divided that they either are with Team Briscoe or Team Dio. Mm. And that is something you could email us at. E- email us Team Briscoe or Team Dio. Exactly. Oh, are you... We need to are you, vote this. Are you, are you saying fuck the virus? Or are you, or are you and, or do you have Trump's dick in your and mouth? All That's si- what I'm saying. Like, and all the silence that I get and the emails I don't get will realize you're middle ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like Uncle Brandon. I'd be like, middle ground's crushing it. I got 10 middle emails. Middle ground, middle ground. It's the best. Because I don't know shit. I'm not a doctor. And I'm not saying so, that's what I'm saying. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, thank God I'm, Brandon's not a doctor. Yeah. It's like to everybody that's to everybody that's one way or the other. I really do truly believe this. I do believe that some news sources are taking what is being said and twisting it and deforming it just For so sure. they can get clicks. You know, of it's course. all about Oh, they're making money, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the money that they're making, I mean, again, there's gotta be some sort of like they have to deliver the news, but the way they deliver the message, it's bro, so, you know how much money they're making right now? It's so they're insane, dude. It. The way they are yeah. delivering the news news is the saddest thing in the world just give me give me 
every news story should be one paragraph. Not not Anderson Cooper or Sean Hannity telling me how I should live and think. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. shit drives me fucking crazy. It, it, and, and that's the thing, is that no matter what, though, on, on, on defense to the firebrands that you mentioned for both sides, it's like, no matter what, like, I, I feel like the if the goal is to get you, like, upset, there's almost no way to not get upset. You know what I'm saying? When you mm. watch certain kind of stories of the way they're presented, like... Uh, the thing that we saw out here, obviously, we're in Las Vegas. Our the mayor of Las Vegas, oh. which isn't us, you know, um, no. she went on CNN. Anderson Cooper uh, pretty much made her look like kind of an asshole, called her ignorant, and I just sat there and I'm like, that's an 81 year old lady, and everybody's bashing this old. Like I respect elders, right? And then so I don't even listen to her words because I'm just like, she's 81, dude. You know, right? Like, like yeah. let's let's tell not me even about, put her on the TV. Tell me about the first oppression. Yeah, like uh, she's been through. <laughs> A lot. The point is, is that she's been through wars. She's been through yeah. a lot. She's 81 yeah. years old. And I'm seeing all these memes of she's drunk and she's on pills. Most likely she's on pills. She's 81. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She's got to live. Now, what she came out of her mouth, I'm not defending anything like that. I just have that thing where I'm like, I respect my elders. So I'm like, you can say something stupid if you're 90 and I'll look the other this way. Is, this That's is, me. This is my thing. I just don't, I don't, I don't shit on the elders. But it, she said ignorant stuff. And I get that. Yeah. In the city of and Las I'm, Vegas, we have several mayors. Yeah, she's okay? not the mayor for so us. So we yeah. started seeing all these people going, oh, look at this dumb bitch. I can't believe she represents Las Vegas. She's our mayor. I can't believe it. She's probably not your mayor, dummies. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like like all these people that think they're so fucking smart. And then it's like, That's and then when you really, Facebook. yeah. And yeah. then when oh. you break it down, you're like, you're just, you sound just as fucking dumb. And you don't have the 81 year old excuse. You're 35. You're a fucking dumb, dumb, dumb. Dumb. There you go. Dumb, yeah, dumb, that's, dumb. that's how that's dumb, how you dumb, sound dumb. smart. You say the f- same insult four times in a row. Dumb, 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 dumb. With that, unfortunately, we didn't get to the news. Uh, we, we went off on our, whatever we went off on this week, guys. But uh, with that, man, let's jump into my chat with none other than Jamie Josta. Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Jamie Josta. We're here to talk about loads of stuff. Honestly, always super busy. Uh, first, I want to congratulate you, man. 500 episodes of the Josta Show in six years' time. Tell us about that, man. Thanks. Yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, talking over people, saying stupid shit that people get mad about, having to delete entire episodes. But, you know, it's all good. It's, all, it's been great. Um yeah, if you told me, you know, 10 years ago, I'd be selling dick pills and cashing checks, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy, but it's been awesome. Yes, and for everybody that doesn't know, the dick pills, it's been an ad for, I mean, a long time now on the show. Um, and you sell it. You sell and the it. check's clear. There and you, you know go. what? It's like, we're about to do this album. I can't say which album, but we're about to do this album with this guy that your fans, definitely your podcast listeners fucking love and admire and... And this guy is going to get a serious check. And it, it's so awesome to be able to like make an opportunity like this happen because of people supporting the sponsors and supporting the stuff. And so when, you know, that a lot of people are left over from that punk rock guilt era where like, I'll have like 45, 50 year old guys, like from the old school, like hardcore punk days, like hitting me up, like, I can't believe you're, you're promoting energy drinks or whatever. And, and, and you go, bro, we, we, we would, we have, so many opportunities because we we could put capital and you know into the 
pockets of the artist. It actually goes directly to the artist. It's so great. Whereas, you know, it used to be like a dollar of a record would go to the artist or, or, or when I worked at uh, Viacom, it would be like, you know, you get a small weekly salary, but then they're selling ads for Bullflex for $35,000 an ad that nobody, that, that goes right to them. Oh, well, they're providing the studio and they're providing the staff. Okay, well, we'll just do that ourselves now. It's great. Absolutely, man. And that's the thing about people, unless you're there, I know we as a culture, we love to comment. We all, we're all armchair quarterbacks. We, we all make the comment at the UFC fight when someone misses a punch. But unless you're there, you got to realize you don't know shit. That's, that's fair, right? A lot of times it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to generalize too much. That's yeah. another thing I probably get in trouble <laughs> with on my show. But um, it's, just, it's just cool to see that as I guess the whole sort of collective consciousness of, of all different sort of walks of heavy music fans um, changes that we're still able to not only put out music that we want to put out, but then also kind of connect with people in this different way where they go, man, you know, like if you, like when you, when you know that, um, you know, Howard Jones is, uh, is, you know, hiking 10, 15 miles every day. You kind of, you look at him differently as like an artist. You go, wow, man, this guy, he's like, he's always in his head. And now you kind of understand, all right, this is, this is what goes into his creative process. Or when you see or hear about, you know, Corbs Grinders, like he's like a, he's like a savant when it comes to, to getting this fucking, these like stuffed animals out of the machine. Like this is not stuff that, we would have read about in the magazines back in the day, or we would have read in an artist's bio. So the, the podcast and the, and the, you know, the content of podcasting in general, you know, it helps people connect with people. They, they think about things differently. And then also they're brought information where they change their mind about things. Like I've been like through my show, I've been told like one thing about somebody and then somebody else will come on or one thing about one way the industry works and then someone else will come on and go, no, this is different. And then you can change your mind and you can evolve as a person. You can evolve your opinions and you can evolve your outlook on things. And, and so, you know, when I was closing up shop on my label in 2009, 2010, and you know, all the stores were closing and we were owed people, you know, we owed people money. We owed the pressing plant money. Pressing plants were closing. Like literally like pressing plants were closing down. It was like, your masters are lost. We don't know this person was fired. This A&R person was fired. Your publicist was fired. Your whole staff was fired. I mean, we've, we've been through all this stuff like from 2003. Like we, we didn't even think Rise of Brutality was going to come out. You know, we go to the, up to the universal office. Everybody's been fired. And then, you know, at Viacom with Headbangers, the show's been canceled. Go up to the office. Everybody's fired. You're, and then, okay, well, who do we talk to above them? We don't know. So you go, now we're, now we're making more money than ever. We're, we're connecting with fans in a, in a deeper, more meaningful way. And we're getting to control our music. Like I own my masters on both Jota records and going to get the masters back and the re and the re-recording clauses are going to be up on a bunch of records. Like it's a great time. And you know, if people want to knock us, for having more control and having more capital to do better projects and to have better commercially sounding, um, uh, better, more sort of commercially viable products. Like we're not, these aren't like basement recordings. We're paying for real producers, real mastering. Um, we're gas digital. We got like a real studio in New York city with like 
of staff, like a real staff, and I have equity in the network. You know, if I I can't get equity in, in fucking Viacom. Absolutely, dude. For people that don't know, gasdigitalnetwork.com. That's where you go. You subscribe. You can check out all 500 episodes of the, or it's, it's like 512 now. We're, we're 500 was just a milestone. That was iced tea, though. I don't know if that one's still free, though. But the point is, guys, if you go to gasdigitalnetwork.com, check it out. They got a, a host of great shows, but all your back shows are on that platform if, if you do subscribe, right? Yeah, and there's a two-week trial, so if you're strapped and you don't, you know, full transparency, like just go and download all 500 and you know put them on a drive or whatever, and they're they're and and you don't feel the content's worth, you know, the six or seven bucks a month or whatever, then get all the episodes canceled. There you go. Easy enough. That's perfect. (laughs) But that's fair. That's that's what I'm saying. The deals are much more fair for the fans. Because the artist can get the advertising and certain things and run the show. Because there's not an artist that I've ever met out there that hasn't been a fan first. That wasn't motivated by that that fire to get to the next level. And so they kind of have a better understanding, you know, of what we're trying to get out there in general. But I did want to go back to what you just said about listening. And that's something that the podcast era has really uh, changed for a lot of people. Because even when I talk to artists, there's a lot of guys that... I don't listen to modern day people that are important in my life as much as I should, but I'll listen to you and I'll get a lesson. I'll listen to Devin Townsend, I'll get a lesson. And that's something that you do put out there with artists that people respect and uh, allow you know, us to grow as people because of, there's so much positive and positive talk on your program specifically. Did you think that that would be a very uh, viable outfit for the younger metalheads and the people that are growing up in this scene? Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing examples of it like in all different forms of art and 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 there's a great podcaster this guy dean del rey he's, he's been on my show a, a couple times and i've been on his show he did this acdc tribute show for bon scott um and uh i had i did uh, an episode with shavo from system of a down which you know normally i'm like you know cutting people off going off on these rants like just being you know i've drank too much coffee or energy drinks or whatever and but there, I think I've maybe said like three questions on this episode. Like Shavo was just, it was incredible. Like I learned so much. He's an entrepreneur. He's a, he's, he's, he's dealing, you know, System of Down is one of the biggest bands in the world. They've dealt with all sorts of public drama. He's, he's everything from a songwriter to a, to an entrepreneur, to a, to a mediator, to a friend, to a, I mean, it's just, he's an amazing guy. Like, and I soaked up all that positive energy and I would have bailed on going to this show, especially with all the fucking coronavirus and all this craziness. And I, and plus I, you know, I, I was looking at like probably 10 to 15 back to back interviews today. So I thought I need to get sleep. I need to rest my voice. I don't want to be talking over music all loud. Um, but so I go to the show and, and Dean kills it. He it's comedy and, um, uh, uh, music, right? Sorry, Dean kills it, does a comedy set. Then he brings out Mark Marin, um, who I'm pretty sure most of your listeners are, you know, familiar with. He's a very uh accomplished uh podcaster and actor and comedian. And so Mark Marin's saying, like, you know, I used to be like a piece of shit. I used to do this and that was a dick, and he had this whole bit about I don't want to give away his bit, but anyways, he basically was saying like you know, he's doing this stuff now at this high level, but he, you know, he had, he has this history of, he went out for Saturday night live. He didn't get it. He, he's, you know, had shows that never got picked up. I don't want to say too much, but what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is that 
he evolved as a person and now he's like part of this community. He has friends. He's, he's successful. He wasn't, he wasn't like crippled by failures. Right. And so when you, that was something that we never heard back in the day. It used to be like a band puts out one song you don't like, and you're like, I'm done with the band. I'm breaking the CD. I'm fucked them. And, and, and now we have a completely different outlook. Like we have Rob Flynn, um, from machine head on our network. He has a new podcast and you know, this is a guy who's always taken risks, always been outspoken, always had people canceling him for, you know, various different things. Like, Oh, I don't like his hair. I don't like his fucking silver jet jumpsuit. I'm never listening to him again. Then he makes a thrash record, make two back-to-back bangers, crushers. Everybody comes back. You know, then he has drama with other band dudes. He's, we, we made these shirts that said Flynn's beef. It was like a butcher shirt. And it was like, cause it was, this is like when he was beefing with Kerry King, we and, made these shirts like Flynn's beef. And they sold we out. sold out of the shirts yeah. in like, like minutes. Right. Yes. And, uh, and so, you know, he's an outspoken guy, opinionated guy, polarizing guy. But at the end of the day, it's like none of the risks that failed, like none of the, none of the failures were, um, were, were, were final. And that's like the beauty of this whole thing. It's like, you can, you can sort of watch people evolve in real time, but now we can hear it and we can be a fly on the wall. And it's, it's, it's really interesting and it's really fun. And it just goes to show that people are out there. It doesn't matter if you, if it's a podcast, if it's a painting, if it's a poem, if it's a record, if it's a film, if it's a script, if it's a whatever, don't fucking don't be paralyzed by fear and don't be, don't be listening to this, um, I, I call it like a vocal, I, I call it the vocal minority of, of, of negativity, like on the internet where, you know, as soon as you put out any sort of content, somebody's there to shit on it. That's the breaks. It is what it is. You got to keep doing it no matter what. Absolutely, man. And there's something growing up in America. I think that we can all relate to is that well, there is a competitive spirit to us. There's this nature that we think, and we can mask that competition into not liking other people that have the same dreams. And that's something that I think was a hard lesson for a lot of guys growing up in the metal world and all that stuff because they're, they're in competition. But as you evolve and as you get older, when we're talking about the Mark Marin stuff, do you feel that that goes away or do you still have that, that fire and that competition with other bands? Well, you know what? It's, I don't think we ever had it. It had always been done to us. Like we, we were the band that, okay, you got to cut all your merch items. We looked at it as it like, it was like a, it was a, it was a compliment. Like, yeah, we have a, we have an entire line of 200 people waiting in line and the headlining band has four people milling about at their table. Yeah. I would cut your merch too. I'm not like that. And I've never done that. But if I was in that position, I would probably have to do that. Right. Okay. Then the sound guy comes to us and goes, Oh man, they made us turn you guys down like fucking 20 DB. Like what? Yeah. They made it. And we go, what? So then you learn, you go, yeah, I don't want to do that to somebody. We're not scared. We'll, we'll go on after Cannibal Corpse. We're going after Lamb of God. We're going, we went on after Lamb of God on a whole fucking tour. And we had to go before Slipknot. So Slipknot had to go on after us and Lamb of God. Nobody upstages Slipknot. They're not shook. You know what I mean? So it, it's, there's no competition. It's just, you got to sharpen your sword. Iron sharpens iron. You got you to gotta just do better. And, um, 
you know, having dealt with that, and I won't say what bands, but people know. I mean, people people know. I mean, there's there's been times where people have used footage of our mosh pit because no one was watching during their set. And we're like, and then we caught them. We're like, and we're not going to out them, but still it's like, that's the type of shit that used to go on. Whereas now it's like less, I would say less, more, I say more, um, less condemnation, more appreciation. Nice, dude. But if you're putting out that vibe, if you're, if you're going to, if you're that band that's striking merch items and squashing people at the front of house, that, that energy is only going to get you so far. Like we're, we're changed to the point. And I talked about this briefly with D on an episode where he had, this was just a normal practice back in the day. Like this was something that Dio had done to twisted sister. It was like, you can only use this amount of lights and you can only use this amount of PA and okay, well, that was because they were paying for the lights and they were paying for the PA. So there's an argument there. And Dio's one of the greatest guys ever. One of the guy, one of the greatest people I've ever met. I mean, this guy, I told Dio just in passing a story about our, my friend, Frank, who's now in the band. Frank is in Hapri now, but at the time he was just my friend. And I told Dio, I said, dude, my buddy, we, I go to his house. I go out to Cleveland. We played live at the spectrum Dio live at the spectrum. I mean, we played this shit so loud. They called the neighbors called the cops so many times we're out there. We sing everywhere. We know every word I go this. I mean, he, he would be so happy to know that I'm here with you and that I get to interview you and you know, this it's, it's just, it's so cool. And he's like, you tell your friend Frank and he signed something for me to give to Frank and he said, you tell your friend, friend Frank so much, you know, for the, for the support. And, uh, and then we go and we play Japan with Dio and, uh, the tour manager comes in and says, Ronnie, Ronnie said, you guys can come and say hi. And he wants to say hi. And, you know, if you guys want to take a picture or whatever, you know, you can go in there with Ronnie. So we go to his dressing room. He's in there drinking like some red wine. And I go, uh, Oh, this is our new guitar player, Frank. And he goes, not the Frank, your friend from Cleveland. And Frank's like jaw just dropped. He's like, he couldn't believe it. He, and that's like, that, like, that was like the memory. Like he, he remembered like that I told him this on Headbangers Wall. And so, you know, when, when D was telling me this story, it doesn't change my affection and my, you know, my, my view of Dio. That was just how it was back then. I love D and I love Dio. Like if, if Dio's, it could have been Dio's tour manager that made that, uh, you know, that call to squash Twisted Sister. But what did it do? It made it so that Twisted Sister had to go out there and fucking kick ass even harder. And, you know, we all walked through, you know, the, 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 the doors that Dio and Twisted Sister kicked down, right? So it's all part of the, the, the journey. Absolutely, man. My, I have a seven-month-year-old boy. I named him Dio, by the way, just so you know. I'm Come on. Sw- swear to God, Dio Patton. That's his name. Dio Patton. So he better... get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, straight up. First kid. That's amazing. Yeah, his his name is Dio Patton. Mike Patton. Dio. Um, uh, he better be a great drummer when he grows up. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah, named him after. <laughs> That's Dio. incredible. Just, there's a positive everything about that guy. And, and you know, my wife when we were naming him, I was just like, look. And I might cut this little part out. I'm sorry. I'm kind of going off on a tangent there. But I was like, look, this is just a positive person. Metals meant so much to me, and then she 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 just was like, I remember I played uh, all the fools sail away 
on the car, and she was just like, yeah, we can name our kid this, dude. I'm like, all right, it's done. Dude, don't cut that. I'll leave that in. That's leave amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it in. That's incredible, I'll man. I love it. that. That's you, the power of music. You know how People that don't get music, yeah. like, that's why I don't, I don't trust people that don't get music. Don't they don't either, get man. the power of it. And that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's okay. It is what it is. But, like, it, it's it's life-changing. It's transforming. And there you go. And then when people later on, you know, Someone might say, Dio, that's a, that's a unique name. Like, what's that from? Oh, my, my dad named me after this guy, Ronnie James Dio. And, and then all of a sudden, like, that person could go look up the catalog. And then their life is changed. They go, oh, my God. They're listening to Rainbow, and they're listening to fucking Holy Diver. And, they're, and you never know. I mean, that's, that's just how shit works. Dude, I'm telling you. And I, just so you know, this little clip of what you just said, I'm going to cut this out and give it to Dio when he's like 14, man. I have all these little things for my kids that I, I trick them on the metal sphere. Like my kid, my other kid, I got two kids. I got one boy, Briscoe County, and then Dio Patton. And Briscoe met Phil Anselmo. And Phil Anselmo, I have a picture of, of uh, him holding him up little Briscoe when he was two. And I'm not even going to tell him that ever happened, right? And then when he gets into Pantera, when he gets into all the bands, I'm just going to be like, here you go, Merry Christmas, and I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> you know? I'm going to trick the kid. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's just that's great. That's just a little way to keep the future going because metal, hardcore, punk, I mean, I kind of have it all the same, but I mean, I, it, it is my best friend for everything. You know, I have human beings that have always been very nice and have touched me, but the lyrics that you've written, that many people have written, have always, and I know you guys are hear this all the time, have always been there when I doubted myself, you know? And, um, yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's like I need my generation to reflect that in a way, you know, the next generation. So one thing. Well, thank you. That's great, man. No, I appreciate it. And that's, you know, I always try to pay the kindness and generosity forward. And, I, I you know, the, there's a lot of this sort of uh, uh, angry old guy on the lawn reputation that comes with metal and it's really not like that at all like you see i i just was seeing uh, uh someone on twitter saying um there was like a 60 year old guy on on, on ice t's twitter like saying i'm 60 and i just heard a body count now and i fucking love it <laughs> like this is amazing and i get shit like that all the time and then i get like 12 year olds like i this morning on i was going on instagram and I, occasionally I'll check that. Like if something new comes out, I'll check the folder. Like the, you know, the other one, mm-hmm. like, cause I think cause people like reply to the one, like, which is your story. And then there's like another one. And, um, so I was checking the other one and, uh, cause I had this, I had this one bit about Mortis on a recent episode. So everybody's writing me about Mortis. I guess Mortis was in, Emperor, I learned all this stuff about Mortis because I'm pretty sure I was in a car, I was in a shuttle going to a festival with this guy, but I was like, and he said he was Mortis, but I was like, well, how would I know? Like, how, like anybody could say they're Mortis, right? Like, is his, is his real, like, is his real identity out there? I don't know. But anyway, so I, w- I was checking some of those and I had a lot of funny messages about that, which the people were great. And then I, one of them was, uh, hey, Hi, um, I'm 12. I love your music. I heard it on Pandora. Uh, you're the best or whatever. And it just goes, wow, there you go. So you got like a six year old and a 12 year old. And when I was 12, I would write the bands, um, you know, snail mail and some bands would write back some wouldn't. but you know, so you, that's, it's cool when someone takes time and the initiative and they're and, and at that young of age, they're already, um, findings. Cause I went to my first show at 13 
and um, and couldn't believe that the stage was right there because at that point, you know, I'd only been to like U2 at the arena or, or um, I forget what, the, uh, James Taylor, I went when I was really young with my mom. I went at like a huge, uh, um, uh, sort of like an outdoor tennis. But it wasn't even like a real venue. I don't know why he played there. And I suspect that I was probably named after him. My mom was like a huge fan, but I was so young. But, um, but so, well, my dad's name is also James. So like I'm James Jr. But I could tell like my mom, even still, still to this day, I think my mom likes James Taylor than she does my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but so the, you know, the, the, the impact that that had at age 13 of like, wow. And I went right up. I forget. I think it was, it was either this band Malachi Crunch or this other band, big mistake. They both play. I might've gone up to both of them and said, Hey man, great show. And I couldn't believe, and they were like, thanks man. And I couldn't believe that I, they had just played. And then I got to go tell them great show. <laughs> those moments, Ralph, those are the ones that stick with you. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. We all, we all have those little moments where it's like, there's this fear to step up to someone and then when they acknowledge you you're like oh they're just like me we're just all we're all together they can't be here without me and i can't be here without them it's just this weird uh because there's a barrier from uh the 80s like world of music that i always saw that really didn't exist the older i got i guess that was like nah when you go yeah to- yeah no i never i never connected with that stuff my yeah, sister yeah. liked yeah. my sister i have an older sister and she liked some of that stuff but you know what that stuff played a very that stuff played a good role too, though, because that was a gateway for a lot of people. Like, you know, once they went down the, 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 the poison white lion rabbit hole, it, you know, a lot of times that rabbit hole led to Guns N' Roses or Iron Maiden, another band. So, Absolutely. um, but, but yeah, like, you know, I remember her and her, some of her friends going to the arena. I think it was to see white lion or Molly crew or one of those bands. And like, I can't connect to that. I like, I, I didn't even like, I was more like, like I liked girls, but I was like, eh, who cares? I was so young. I was like, I, you know, I want to go hear fucking Cromag street justice or go to a fucking, uh, um, you know, burn at the, at the urban jungle or biohazard. I remember a kid brought in a tape. He brought in a tape to the sixth grade and it had bio, it had dead embryonic cells. It had wrong side of the tracks. It had, um, this Queensryche song that was like a ripper. Uh, suicidal, had a bunch of bands on it, and we played this tape just over and over again, and that was the stuff that it more that I connected with more. But um, and then I remember going to Biohazard, and it was like a, I was like, I'm gonna die. This is insane. And then they were they were they had one guy helping them, but they were like carrying their amps out, and I was like, wow, I couldn't believe like. But so it was kind of similar to the local show, but just there was just so many more people there. And that was eye-opening. And I thought, man, maybe I could do this. And then and I thought, maybe I could do this on their level one day. And then I went to see this band. Um, well, the Melvins were going to come through with Nirvana, but Nirvana ended up canceling. Mm-hmm. It was at this place called The Moon on Whaley Avenue, which is where I saw a lot of shows. And then this band called Those Melvins, played and i was looking in the free paper and i would ride my bike down to the club and so i went up and the guy at the door said how old are you 
And I was like, I'm 18. He's like, no, you're not. How old are you? And I was like, uh, I'm 13. And he's like, oh, well, it's all ages, whatever. It's five bucks. So I went in. It was, I thought it was a misprint. It wasn't the Melvins. It was this band called Those Melvins. And I could tell that they were very annoyed at people asking them if they were the Melvins. Like it was like, cause it was like about time that they had, this was pre Google and everything. So like every, there was a lot of bands with the same name or similar name and there was no way to like, you'd have to like send a lawyer to be like cease and desist or whatever. Maybe they got a cease and desist from the Melvins. I don't know, but I watched them. They were more of like an alternative band, like a joke type of band or I don't know, like a, like a tongue in cheek. No, I shouldn't say joke. Cause they're not a joke. They were a real band, but, and then I went up to them after and I could tell they were annoyed, but still I got that feeling of like, wow, this is they're you know, they're right there. Like, and they're, they're doing this. They, the guy went and sold his own t-shirts and I thought, all right. So I, I saw how like it worked. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. I had that experience with local H and they're still one of my favorite bands. I'll, I'll I'll do anything. I'll see that band a million times. They're still active. They got a new record. I'm just, but same feeling. And the the guitarist was selling his own merch. And I'm like, am I allowed to buy a shirt off of him? Am I? Do I have to talk to someone else? I had the same same thing. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect respect the local H man. I mean, hey, oh, they're great. What, it's all you need is one man. All you need is one song to break through, and the rest is gravy. The rest is icing on the cake. That's a great story, you know, like, because that's a that's a band that's survived and done very well with, you know, because we're, we're, we're all told, you know, by these gatekeepers and by these fucking people that have had, you know, cold water thrown on their dreams and, 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 you know, faced adversity that had made them bitter and jaded so that they gave up and, you know, then they, they pay that forward, you know, and then, and then it's up to the, to the artists and to the creatives to go, all right, I can't listen to this. I got to move on. And so like a band like that, I, I always root for these bands like clutch and, mm -hmm. and seven dust. And, you know, these bands that take their, their masters back and, and they take the power into their own hands. And they're like, and they are like this guy who told us that we weren't marketable, that we had no songs. He's not even in the fucking music industry anymore. And that, you know how many bands have stories like that? And I'm sure Local H is one of those bands. With that, man, um, Justin, like, just one last question. I just want to get everything out there promoted. you got a lot going on before I let you go here, my friend. As I said, everybody, support the Josta Show, the podcast. It's on GatchDigitalNetwork.com. If you want, you got the first 15 episodes, or the latest 15 episodes are free on iTunes and other platforms. But make sure you guys are supporting. There's a lot of work that goes into that show. Great countdowns, music episodes. Make sure you guys check that out. When the Blade Drops... Latest single is out now. It won't be on the latest record that you're recording. Is that correct? Correct. Josta Lost Chapters Volume 2 is out now. It came out last December. It is fantastic. See, with that, Jamie Josta, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you. Thanks, all the listeners. I appreciate the support. <laughs> Yeah.
Metal Sucks podcast.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is by Hatebreed. They dropped a single called When the Blade Drops. Killer song. Make sure you guys are picking that up. Second song you heard is off the last Josta release, Josta the Lost Chapters, Volume 2. That track is When the Contagion is You, featuring Matt Heafy from Trivium, by the way. And the last song you guys heard, that is none other than Local H. Their new record, Lifers, is out right now. That song is called Turn the bow that record's fantastic guys it was mixed by steve albini the guy that did in, in utero make sure you guys are checking out local h as we mentioned as i mentioned in the interview one of my favorite rock bands of all time i put them up there with the clutch and shit dude but they've been non-stop great so with that i want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old itunes you guys are the best we don't ask for anything else on this program just run over to that apple itunes click five stars that's it I want to thank everybody else as well I, I, I'm asking for two things now, I just realized. Oh, wow. You're too much. You're asking way too much. much. You are asking way too much. Our other podcast, as you guys know, Rise to Offend. That's the name of our podcast. Documentary podcast. This week, we are doing none other than Odorous Urungus from Guar. Good old Dave Brocky. We're doing a whole documentary on that guy. Make sure you guys are checking that out as well. It's been a blast to cut up his interviews and put him in with me and Brandon talking our shit. It's a, it's a, it's a real fun episode, but also, like I said, I, I love supporting Dave Brocky and everything he did. So can make I say sure this? Can I say this? Go ahead, buddy. Just kind of, you know, cause I was also just going through some Brocky highlights not no, that long so ago. Fun, dude. No. And, oh man, I don't think there's a, for me personally, who loves metal mm-hmm. and comedy and I just, yeah. and, and nobody mixed the two better. Sometimes people try to mix it and it sucks. And Guar just did the perfect version of that. And God, I mean, right now. We could so use Dave Brocky, like in his commentary and so, him jumping on CNN in full out in full costume, just <laughs> blasting Anderson Cooper and and then going over to Fox and blasting Hannity. It's like, dude, give it. It's like, oh, man, like that guy brought so much joy to my world. And it's God damn. I mean, he's so missed. He might be my most missed rock star. No, I, 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 I can't answer that because I miss so many like the Peter Steele's the deals, obviously. But the point is, Dave is up there. And guys, definitely check out the documentary. If you don't know a lot about Guar, we go through all the records. We do it all. You guys are going to love it. Part one is up right now. So with that, until next week, all our heavy metal friends, stay safe, be good, stay in the middle ground. Let us know, Team Briscoe or Team Dio. We're, we're, we're curious on who our audience is. Mm. All right. I'm, I'm Team Drisco. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Shut up. Ugh. You smell. <laughs> until next week, friends. Goodbye. <laughs> This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.